Flawcast episode 173, Peace of Jerusalem. These days I no longer believe there ever are truly good guys or bad guys in war, at least in the Middle East. They're generally shades of gray, but that doesn't translate well on television. Richard Engel. Flawcast. Get in the arena. All right, want to welcome and thank everybody to tuning in for this uh, interesting episode, I would say, of Flawcast. And um, awesome, awesome podcast last week. I do want to thank my wonderful, beautiful wife for uh, hopping in and contributing. And uh, I'd want to thank everybody for the positive responses that uh, reached out and, and shared with her. I know it definitely encouraged her. So thank you. And I believe she will be back uh, <laughs> soon so um once again thanks babe for filling in and um carl is not here again this week he's you know guys say some prayers for carl and his family uh there's been a lot going on behind the scenes and if he's wanting to talk about it in a future episode i'm sure he will but you know there's just a lot and i don't want to say all of it is like an, an attack I don't believe he would even say that, but I do believe that there are a lot of things that are happening in his life and in the life of his family that you just can't account for. You know, life happens, stuff happens, and I think he's kind of just trying to learn how to navigate that uh, and really be insensitive to Holy Spirit as he can. So toss up some prayers. He will be here next episode, hopefully, and um, just love you, man, praying for you. And... I'm here. I'm asking you to share this episode. Thank you for sharing the last episode. And this one particularly, because we're going to get into um, Israel, the Middle East, um, some eschatological events and things like that. So uh, you're going to want to share this. I ask this all the time. And I'm asking you guys to please take this into consideration. If you're listening to this, I'm asking you to share, uh, especially now uh, we need to start a information campaign and getting things out to people so they will start to think and consider things on their own. And I believe that uh, this podcast, the show, is one of the best ways to do it. Uh, you can find us anywhere podcasts are, Flawcast CLE. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor.fm. Uh, we're on the video platform Rumble under Flawed Inc. As always, there's a link below to get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. And I uh, just appreciate and thank all you guys so much. I'm going to skip the pledge this week because I have so much I want to get into. And as I'm recording this, we're about two days out from uh, the initial attacks on Saturday of, if you read the papers, Hamas on the on Israel and the Gaza Strip. And kind of what I want to talk about are things just to think of. For example, just in the last day, we've seen more footage from Israel. In like day and a half, two days, we've seen more footage from Israel from the actual fight than we have in over almost two years at the Ukraine war or the Ukraine fight that's going on with Russia. So just something to think about. And I'm going to share with you some point of views from Scripture. I'm going to share you some just things I've deduced just in my mind, just logically, 
uh, some things that's happened in the news recently that I think contribute to all this and uh, just kind of prophetically what this could could mean, what this could mean. Uh, we can just speculate at this point, but I, I think I have a couple things that I just feel like God dropped in my spirit. And I want to share that with you. But before I go really in depth, I am no expert on anything regarding the Middle East other than it has been a <clears throat> it's been a poop storm for thousands of years and it's a very messy geopolitical effectively civil um war and when I mean civil, I mean like literally uh, brother against brother um war for millennia uh, there, it, it, and when you start to add other geopolitical systems, other countries, allies, foes um, into this, it, it really muddies the water and it makes it hard to kind of grasp everything on a, a million point or a million foot view versus like a 10 foot view. And I'm really going to do the best I can to kind of shift through a lot of this stuff. But, you know, obviously everything that happened is horrible. If you especially just take what we're seeing on the three-letter news networks, the Mockingbird news networks, it, it, it's bad. And I, my heart goes out to the people of Israel, uh, certainly. And um, what I want to say is a couple things. First... It is important prophetically and spiritually that America stay allied with Israel. Now, uh, you know, I know Biden came out on as I'm recording this yesterday, which was Sunday, and said, you know, we're going to give Israel everything they need. Um, right now, what Israel needs is man, manpower. Uh, they have weapons. They have nuclear stockhold. Uh, they don't have the necessary manpower necessarily to fight. Um, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I'm normally non-interventionalist in regards to war, especially if it doesn't have anything to do with, on our soil. But uh, Israel is a close, close ally. And um, we're looking at forces that literally seek to destroy them and destroy us. So not only is it uh, in our best interest as our ally, but also in a self-preservation kind of sense um, that we stick with them. But I, I, I'm just very curious if we are going to be able to do that because people have been suckered into this Ukraine war and that uh, Zelensky is this victim. So we've exhausted a lot. But let me get into a, a couple things and I'm going to try to break this all down. There is a lot here. If you need, listen to this episode again. I'm going to try to put links in the description uh, to all the, the things I'm going to share with you. But this is a big quagmire. This is something that one brief episode is not going to address. But I want to put some things into your mind to consider, to think about, not listen to the narrative, um, to, to go back to the Word of God. To, to listen at and be observant at what is actually happening. happening. I'm going to share two scriptures up front. Both are from the Amplified. The first one is Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. And this talks about the importance of Israel being established as a nation and then the importance of blessing Israel and, and, and staying with the nation of Israel. It says here, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted, distinguished, and you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. So it's talking about Israel, that Israel is destined to be a great blessing, a source of great good to the entire world. And it also goes here in three and it says, 
I will bless you, do good for or benefit those who bless you. And I will curse that is subject to my wrath and judgment, the one who cursed, despises, dishonors, and has contempt for you. And in you, all the families, nations of the earth will be blessed. So basically, God is setting up almost from the foundation of the, uh, of the word, Genesis 12, the 12th chapter of the Bible, that if you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If, if you bless God's chosen land, God's people, you will be blessed. And if you curse, you, you are subject to God's wrath. So if you curse Israel, the enemies of Israel, you are a subject to, to God's wrath. Um, I'm going to read Psalm 122. And this is us as a prayer for peace of Jerusalem. And, and this is kind of where the, the subject matter, the t- title comes from. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of standing within the gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem that is built as a city that is firmly joined together, to which the twelve tribes go up, even the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed as an ordinance for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there are throes of judgment were set, the throes of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Surely now, if you're hearing this, I'm inviting you uh, and asking you to, because this is a powder keg that is going to have ramifications throughout the world. Uh, Make no mistake about that. But it goes on to say here, um, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love your holy city. May grace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, which is in Jerusalem, I will seek your city's good. So we are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And in that, there are supposed to be promises, peace and, um, you know, comfort and, and all these things. And before I go any further, while on a spiritual level, I, I certainly do respect and pray for and bless the nation of Israel as it is represented here in God's word. But one thing we need to be careful of is that, and I hope the ADL doesn't come after me because this is not an anti-Semitic episode at all. Um, I, I actually believe it to be the opposite. But we need to realize that Jews are not one whole monolithic group. That as we understand the Old Testament and, and read the law and the Torah, that the majority of Jews in Israel do not uh, subscribe to that. They do not necessarily follow the precepts. And in addition to that, uh, the reason Jews, by and large, are under the conflict they are is because they have not yet come to accept Christ as their Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the promised Messiah that Christ fulfilled every single prophecy in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. And, and they have yet to accept and embrace him by and large as that Messiah. So the, not only are you commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but pray that the Jewish people will openly in their heart, in their in in their soul and their spirit come to accept Christ as Messiah. But there's a couple things on a geopolitical scale that we need to look at. And over the last couple of years, Israel, uh, certainly under Benjamin Netanyahu's supervision, if you will, um, has become one of the fore, forefront of being so draconian with all these COVID mandates. 
Um, by, by and large, I, I'm trying to be judicious with my time, but they're just not one monolithic group. They just have fallen far from God's precepts. It's like saying every person who claims to be a Christian in America it, it believes the same thing or practices the same thing. Um, or, you know, if you're an American, then that means you uphold it with regard and high respect the Constitution. We certainly see that that's not the case. So we, we can't necessarily look at Jewish people through the, the lens of how they are now regarding these scriptures. We have to look at them as the promise of God for salvation first goes to them, then to the Gentiles, this us. And that's what our hope and that's what our prayer is. But on, on a more geopolitical scale, once again, I'm not an expert. We have to look at a couple, couple things. I'm going to point them out, but I want to get into some definitions. Uh, some things you're going to hear me talk about a lot in this episode. Uh, first is Mossad. Um, Mossad is basically, in a nutshell, what Israeli intelligence is called. You know, in, in America, we have the CIA, we have the FBI, NSA, you know, a lot of these different organizations, you know, and there's MI6, um, you know, the British, and, you know, so on and so forth. And, and Mossad, hands down, without a doubt, is the most sophisticated, most well-oiled, um, bust-functioning intelligence organization in the world, hands down. And, and that's not just my opinion. That's not hyperbole. That is a fact. And what we have to realize is that on Saturday, at least in America, it was Saturday the 7th, we got word that Hamas started to attack Israel. I want to kind of un unpack what this group is and a couple other groups because there's so many different things going on. You know, there's the Shunis, the, the Sunnis, the Shiites, there's, you know, this and that. And, and it's just, it honestly gets confusing. But um, Hamas, uh, it was formed in 1987 at the beginning of the first Palestinian um, uprising. Its roots are in the Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, and it is supported by a robust socio-political structure inside the Palestinian territories. The group's charter calls for establishing an Islamic Palestinian state in place of Israel and rejects all agreements made between the PLO and Israel. Hamas's strengths concentrated on the Gaza Strip in areas of the West Bank, which is where they initially attacked. Hamas is backed by Palestine, and uh, they're, basically they want to eradicate Israel from the earth. Nah, that's simply put. They, they don't believe that the Jews have a right to this homeland that was promised to them by God in the law. Um, they want to completely eradicate any kind of Jewish state, which I am absolutely against. Uh, now we're going to talk about Hezbollah. And these are names that you may have heard over the last 10, 15 years, uh, you know, especially as we have, we have more in the Middle East. And these things kind of ebb and flow in regards to their popularity. But they're kind of rising their head again. But Hezbollah was formed in 1982 in response to the Israel invasion of Lebanon. Hezbollah, meaning the party of God, is a Lebanese-based Shiite terrorist group and advocates a Shia empowerment globally. Hezbollah has been involved in numerous anti-U.S. terrorist attacks, including the suicide attack bombings on U.S. embassies in Beirut in August of 1983, the U.S. barracks in Beirut in October of 80, 1983, and the U.S. embassy 
annex in Beirut in September 1984, as well as the hijacking of TWA 847 in 1985 and the Hobar Tower attack in Saudi Arabia in 1996. So, um, you know, once again, these these are people who their sworn blood enemy are the Jews. It says here in participation with the Lebanese government since 1982 with the 2004 passage of the UN Security Council Revolution, resolution 1559, which called for the disarmament of all armed militias in Lebanon. Hezbollah has focused on justifying its retention of arms by casting itself as a defender of Lebanon against Israeli aggression. So, you know, Israel literally is surrounded by its enemies, and you know, you got Palestine on one side, Lebanon on the other side, Iran, uh, you know, and we're going to, once again, we're going to get into that, but my understanding and just how I've been looking at these things, I'm going to try to get into a little bit, uh, and once again, if you have your own point of view, send us a message. I really would like to know. I don't see all of how everything works, but what I do understand is kind of what I understand, and that's what I'm trying to share with you. But how I'm looking at this is that Hezbollah and Iran are using Hamas as a front to perpetrate these actions. I, I believe that, and I'm going to get into it in a moment, why, but Hezbollah and Iran are kind of almost using Hamas as a, a battering ram. And they're funding them, and they're fueling them, and they're weaponizing them um, against Israel at the moment. Um, and going back to Mossad, one of the things that we really need to consider is the premier intelligence agency in the world had no idea that this was going to happen. I, I, I really wrestle with that, and I kind of look at it like, you know, our government in 1941 absolutely knew that Japan was going to effectively do what they did to Pearl Harbor. Um, there was a lot of intelligence reporting, spottings of Japanese submarine in American water, um, and, and they just ignored it for whatever reason. In hindsight, you can kind of look at it and say that up to that point, most Americans were not interventionists in regards to World War II. They just said, hey, this is happening in Europe and this sucks, but we we just want to be out of it. But this is the thing that got America into World War II. In addition to that, I kind of also look at it like a September 11th thing. And I know this is a controversial thing to say, but there are elements of our government at the time that did aid and perpetrate the attacks in September 11th for a multitude of reasons. But there was plenty of intelligence in regards to the possibility of these things happening. Uh, certainly in 1993, there was a bombing in the basement of the World Trade Center's, uh, you know, even... Um, there's a Biggie Small song where he talks about blowing up like the world trade. So, you know, uh, intelligence, it should have, by all means, the premier intelligence agency in the world should have, by all means, thwarted, potentially, or at least given out a warning that this was going to happen. And Israel has a really interesting uh, military policy where they... You know, all young people have to serve in the military. They have military training. Um, and Israel actually arms their weapon or arms their citizens, <laughs> literally their, you know, the, the citizens that have want them are literally armed because of things like this. Uh, now, it's kind of interesting, you know, how America, you know, is kind of splintered and factored, factioned in, in even in regards of like going just to use a Second Amendment issue, a lot of Israelis don't know how to use guns. They are anti-guns. They are, they are not 
more of the conservative route, if you will. There's more of that progressivism that has crept in. So a lot of these people who uh, in the initial uh, fight when people were literally hang gliding in over Gaza, you know, at then it was, you know, Saturday morning, afternoon for us. This was like Sunday evening for them. They were literally hang gliding in. A lot of these people were caught defenseless because they don't want to partake in arming themselves and protecting their land. They, they, they are against it. Um, so I just wanted that to consider, but there's a, the catastrophic failure of Mossad makes me wonder why. I'm suspicious of everyone and everything, especially in a governmental set. And I think it's very important that we start to look critically at the Mossad's failings. Uh, the next thing I want to give in, get into is that a lot of what's being reported that um, just the last I heard, which was the news this morning, over 6,000 bombs uh, uh, and missiles were hurled within a two days you have to think these are militant islamic groups where do they get these kind of things where did where do they get thousands and thousands and thousands of munitions and enough weaponry and manpower to override one of the most secure borders in the entire face of the earth um and, and it's just something to think about here. Uh, this is just what I'm going to say. I believe America is largely to blame for this. And the reason being is because we left over $7 billion of assets in Afghanistan in uh, 2021 with that botched withdrawal from Afghanistan that the Biden administration um oversaw uh in august 30th of 2021 we just left we left armaments we lost weapons which reports on the ground now say that a lot of these uh militant islams islamics are seen carrying m4s which is the traditional american assault rifle for infantrymen uh it's they've been seeing sidearms that are american made that are custom to be used by americans and we have a large by not holding our political upper class if you will to account for this we are by and large um in <laughs> culpable of what's going on and it, it you know this was a sickening thing when it happens but now the the chickens have come to roost or the roosters have come to roost and we now see the large implication that our armaments our weapons that were used to protect american assets and american citizenry are now being used against one of our most oldest and trusted allies that in israel and it kind of makes you wonder what else did we leave over there what else have we not seen yet and what else will be deployed not only against israel and its other allies but against us as americans and this goes really nicely to my next points the biden administration and the u.s are responsible for for supplying Iran. Now, once again, believing Iran and Hezbollah armed Hamas to begin this, it's been a long-standing thing that Iran hates America, they hate Israel, that any chance that they would get to get a foothold and not necessarily be a direct attack makes complete sense to me. I got a couple articles here I'm going to read. Once again, the link will be in the description. Um, and, and these are some things that, you know, the, the, this first one I'm going to read, this this happened years ago 
And once again, the roosters are coming home to roost. The State Department admits possibility of Palestinian aid will fund Hamas arsenal. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken expected to push Israel Hamas to maintain ceasefire during upcoming Middle East trip. Uh, this was an article by Thomas Barabee. Uh, this was in Fox News, May 24th, 2021. So almost two and a half years ago, it was known that there was the possibility, quote unquote, that the State Department admits that uh, we were aiding um, with the possibility of Palestinian aid to Hamas. Um, it says here in the article, a senior State Department official acknowledged Monday that the Biden administration could not guarantee that humanitarian aid meant to support Palestinian refugees in the Gaza Strip would not be used to restock Hamas's military stockpile. Once again, this article is two and a half years old. The official made the admission during a call ahead of Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's upcoming trip to the Middle East. Blinken is expected to push Israeli Hamas and other regional powers to ensure that the recently brokered ceasefire remains in place. So once again, we see that this is an article written two and a half years ago from Fox News that literally claims that the Palestinian state, once again, in cahoots with Iran and certainly as Hamas is their militant militia wing, we are seeing that the U.S. has provided this quote-unquote humanitarian aid, and it wasn't used for that. It was used to conduct war, to carry out their jihad. This is in CBS News. This is literally just written less than a month ago on September 11th. U.S. clears way for release of $6 billion in frozen Iranian funds, part of prisoner swap deal. Once again, that was September 11th of this year, 2023. Washington, the Biden administration has cleared the way for the eventual release of five American citizens detained in Iran by issuing a waiver for international banks to transfer $6 billion in frozen Iranian money from South Korea to Qatar without fear of U.S. sanctions. In addition, as part of this deal, the administration has agreed to release five Iranian citizens held in the United States. I don't know whatever happened to we won't negotiate with terrorists, but you know, whatever. Um, as Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, there's that guy again, signed off on the sanctions waivers last week and a U.S. official told CBS News a month after U.S. and Iranian officials had an agreement in principle was in place. Congress was not informed of the waiver decision until Monday, according to a congressional notification obtained by the Associated Press. The U.S. official confirmed that the administration had conformed or had informed Congress of the move, saying the waiver is one of the final steps before the deal came to be completed. Now, the interesting thing about this, you say what you will, but just just after this happened, um, President Trump made the prediction that within three months, Iran will be at war with Israel. And here we go. So did Trump know something? Or is it just you can look at the tea leaves and see what's going on? So... America has had a huge hand in supplying our closest allies, their, their sworn enemies, in this um, act of war, which, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu had, had declared on uh, Sunday, our time. So I, 
we need to be very sober-minded and realize that our lack of participation in government and in govern, uh, holding our government elected officials uh, accountable has attributed to this. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And people say, well, what can I do? What can I do? It goes back to what I feel like I've been saying for years. We have to hold our elected representatives, officials, to be accountable. You write them. You email them. You call them. You visit their offices. This is how we participate in a citizen republic um, experiment of government. We're not a democracy. We are a citizen republic. And these people that are elected are to represent our wishes. And they are certainly not doing this. Now, one thing I definitely want to talk about that is going to be a little bit controversial. And you might think, well, how does this apply um, is our southern border or lack thereof. As we are now seeing that the invasion from Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran into Israel, being one of the most secured borders in the world, our southern border is completely wide open. And why is this a problem? Well, this is a problem for a couple reasons. Now, let me read this article. This is from an organization called thecentersquare.com. It's a Texas-based news organization. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, Texas Sheriff, we're experiencing, quote, silent invasion, end quote, of military-aged men. This is an article by Bethany Bankley, uh, once again, for the Center Square. This is from February 23rd, earlier this year, 2023. And this is what she had to write. It said, what's happening at the southern U.S. border with Mexico is, in fact, an invasion. Kinney County Sheriff Brad Coe says, we are experiencing a silent invasion of military-aged men. Coe told the Center Square when describing what his deputies have been increasingly facing over the past two years. He spoke with Center Square during an Operation Lone Star Task Force multi-day operation during which law enforcement officers rescued foreign nationals from a burning vehicle and revived a five-year-old being strangled who'd been stashed inside of a car's trunk. The quote, silent invasion, Coast said, is being committed primarily by single military-aged men between the ages of 17 and 45 who are illegally entering the U.S. They're wearing camouflage and carrying backpacks, according to the videos captured by cameras placed throughout the county viewed by the center square. Many are armed and dangerous, committing robberies and engaging in shootouts with law enforcement's co-said. The men are believed to be working or associated with Mexican cartels. Once they arrived in U.S. major cities, they are embedded with gangs and cartels affiliates acting like a Trojan horse, co-said. They set up in our cities, take over through voting and or crime, and scare the local people who move out. It's happening in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, he said where crime has also exponentially been increasing over the past few years. So I think that interesting, that's interesting how he worded that as far as a Trojan horse. And it's very important to realize that national sovereignty, having a, a secure border is actually, by definition, one of the things that a country is entitled to. You know, open borders means that there is no clear definition of where a country's boundaries end and begin. And our southern border is completely open. This is just one of the many articles I found, but it was a, a clear and concise. And I love how this um, 
Officer Coe said, talked about a Trojan horse, how they're being brought in from cartels or other places and that they're being embedded like a Trojan horse into many of these major U.S. cities. And, and this is going to bring me to my last point in this section of things I want to cover, which is this weekend as things exploded. And honestly, you're going to be listening. I'm recording this Friday afternoon. I don't, or I'm sorry, I'm recording this Monday afternoon. I don't know when you're going to hear this episode, but it will be released Friday the 13th. Kill, 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 die, 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 die. And I don't know what's going to happen between now and then I don't I don't have a, a crystal ball I don't I don't know how all that works but what I can tell you is that what I saw on a Sunday afternoon with my wife and I that we saw all across the US people quote unquote demonstrating out in the streets chanting death to Israel death to America and I'm going to read something here and this brings me to my next part and uh, officer co mentioned it the idea of sleeper cells in America, um, which is right after September 11, 2001, the idea of sleeper cells were way more invasive in the culture. And you certainly, you know, 24 with uh, Jack Bauer, you know, Keith Sutherland playing Jack Bauer was very much uh, focusing in and harnessing in on that. But we really need to take this very serious. And, and this is what I saw pro Palestinian rally met by Israeli supporters in Midtown as Hakal slams abhorrent demonstration after Hamas attacked. Um, this is by Jared Downing. This appears in the New York Post. Uh, this was written just yesterday on the 8th. It says, hundreds of pro-Palestinian demonstrators organized by the Democratic Socialists of America. Interesting. Let that sink in. I'm going to read that again. Hundreds of pro-Palestinian demonstrators organized by the Democratic Society, the Democratic Socialists of America, rallied Sunday in the Big Apple, stomping on and burning the Israeli flag as Islamic terrorists in the Gaza Strip continue their assault on the Jewish state. Scores of counter-protesters turned out in support of Israel at Manhattan Rally, too. With verbal clashes between the opposing sides escalating throughout the day and at least one skirmish breaking out in the United Nations compound in Midtown. One attendee of the pro-Palestinian camp was pictured holding an image of a swastika on their photo a day after 700 Jews were slaughtered by Hamas. And I don't know if that number is accurate or not, but when you see these images and it wasn't just it, it wasn't just New York City, it was Los Angeles. It was, you know, it, everywhere, Chicago, everywhere, these pro-Palestinian that they're calling them were out in droves. You can go look this stuff up. It's on TikTok. It's YouTube anywhere. It's, you know, Facebook. It's not hard to find. The idea of the sleeper cell that there are people embedded here should really make your cheeks pucker. I'm going to share another article. And this was written a couple years ago. So the threat has always been there. Just now that things are escalating, we should be a little more attentive. This says, former CIA officer, Iranian sleeper cells in U.S. are a real threat but attack on our soil would be a new 9-11. This was in, published in Fox once again. Um, this was from January 8, 2020. It says, potential terrorist sleeper cell operations in the United States are a credible threat in the wake of Tuesday's Iranian missile strike, former CIA Brian Dean Wright said. So once again, I'm going to put that link in below. This was written... 
three and, <laughs> this was written in January of 2020. So that threat has done nothing but increased. And, and not only has that threat increased, but the amount of arms, the amount of intelligence, the amount of uh, people, most importantly, has increased as the southern border has remained open. Um, you know, Biden told people from all over the planet when he was running, hey, come and we'll let you in. And, and this is what's happened. So like I said, there's a lot of moving parts to this. There's a lot of things to consider, and I'm just kind of, you know, throwing against the board and see what will stick. But there's one element that I really want to talk about that I, I feel like the, the geopolitical stuff aside, I feel like I can speak sort of competently, not really, because there's people that get doctrines in, in Middle Eastern relations. I'm, I'm certainly not that person. But one thing I feel a little more confident in being able to speak about is some eschatological events. And I really feel like I, God really spoke to me and kind of told me just to watch out and keep in mind the idea of a seven-year peace treaty that has been foretold in the scripture. Let me just read this here, and I'll get a little bit more into it. And This is from Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. It says, And he will enter into a binding and irrevocable covenant with the many for one week, which really means seven years. But in the middle of the week or in the middle of the seven years, so the three and a half year point, the, which is the mid-tribulation thought process, but that's for another episode, he will stop the sacrifice and grain offering for the remaining three and a half years. And on the wing of the abominations will come one who makes desolation, even until the complete destruction, one that is declared is poured out of the one who causes the whore. So in a, in a nutshell, what they're talking about is there is going to be a seven-year peace tree that most Bible scholars signify as the beginning of the tribulation. Um, there is a point, the mid-trib, three and a half years, that the abomination that causes desolation occurs. And basically what happens is this, is that the Antichrist is the one who brokers the peace treaty between Israel and, and all these other countries that are warring against them for seven years. At this time, the three and a half year mark, the, they call it the abomination that causes desolation, where I personally, I believe that the Antichrist is going to reveal himself who he is. And then the, the Jews are really going to realize what well, we really messed up on that. It says this, the abomination of desolation will occur. And then they are going to stop the Jews from offering their sacrifices, which is their way of um, being made whole, being made clean. At that point, that's when we're halfway through the tribulation and the fit's really going to hit the sham. But we have to think about these things. This is a major event in end time in eschatological prophecy. And if there isn't conflict, if there isn't a war that Israel is engaged with with all these people, there could be no peace treaty. And we need to really think how, you know, Israel hasn't officially been in war in almost 50 years since the 1970s. And, um... You know, they, there's always been contention. Uh, that certainly is a part of how that part of the world seemingly has always been. However, when we're at this point and we're looking at things, we have to keep in mind, this doesn't just affect Israel. This, you know, if Iran, who I believe with Hezbollah is backing Hamas, is pushing this and we start to interact and intercede on Israel's behalf, that's going to trigger them to want to engage 
in war. I, I believe they have nuclear weapons. That's just going to light a powder keg of issues. Um, certainly, you know, they've been helping Russia with Ukraine, supplying drones, supplying other kind of support. So it, it's stands the reason that Russia and Iran are allied. And that's going to... There are so many things here that we just maybe aren't aware of because the news doesn't talk about it and, and, and most people don't spend time looking into how these things work. But this, the potential of literally walking into Armageddon is certainly here. If it isn't bad enough that we're on the brink of World War III with the Ukraine-Russia thing, this is certainly going to add conflict. Uh, this is certainly not going to detract any of that. And we are in a time where we have to realize, as Christ said, you know, the closer we are to his return, there will be wars and rumors of wars. And we see that, militarily speaking, China has pretty much overtaken the vast majority of the Pacific. Um, they're surrounded by Taiwan, who's another ally of ours, uh, who, you know, uh, <laughs> that's another subject for another episode. But this in Israel, I what I really want to drive home in is like, we need to be aware. We need to look at what's going on. We need to look at who the players are, who are the motives. Once again, the whole Biden, the Biden administration giving these five detainees and then six billion dollars, the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now these weapons are being used against our ally. We're, we're looking at these things. And obviously the Democratic Party and, and probably a lot of the Republican Party are too, are allied with Iran with, um, you know, and certainly they, they're in bed with Hamas, Hezbollah, with, you know, all, all of these other things. And, you know, you look at like, um, you know, the Fast and Furious, the Arab Spring, Obama, you know, when this is Obama 3.0's administration, uh, certainly funded all that. Uh, so we are a part if we, no matter what we think of what's going on. But more importantly, we need to be aware. Uh, we need to be aware uh, for a larger nuclear escalation. We need to be aware that global world war causes disruptions of everything. And and this is, I believe, will be a war unlike any war. Um, I do believe we need to be very sober-minded about the real possibility that we have countless unmonitored enemies of our state that are literally walking amongst us, that these sleeper cells could at any moment be ignited. They could be given the green light and start to take out elements of the power grid. They could start to take out and poison water, uh, water systems. Uh, there are so many possibilities that could happen, uh, releasing EMPs in certain strategic areas. You know, we really need to, one, be prayerful, two, be vigilant, uh, and three, be prepared. And like we talked about last week, the temptation right now is to become callous and to really allow the season we're in to really harden our heart. But I'm imploring you guys to be aware of what's going on, to, to prepare yourselves. And whatever that means, I say first, getting ready with God. Secondly, start stocking supplies, water, perishable food items, you know, storing these things. Learn how to be self-reliant. Learn different ways to have self-defense for, for you and your family. Um, I, I hate to say this, but this sleeper cell thing is the one that really is, I think, a, 
a giant possibility or certainly a question mark that we just don't know. But the likelihood of it is certainly here. You know, it's going far back as over three and a half years. We have confirmation from former CIA agents that there are Iranian sleeper cells and that they are just here waiting for uh, that mark. In that, I don't want people to be fearful. I want people to be hopeful. Because we are learning this information. God is giving us this information now that we can prepare. Like Noah, like in his family, Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years as he prepared the ark. And every part of that, he taught, he, he, taught, he prepared, he spoke, he did what he needed to do to make sure he and his family were ready. And, and, and I want to implore you to do that also. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to normalcy bias. Prepare. Use wisdom. Be diligent. Do what you need to do now while we, you know, while the light is still out, if you will, uh, that we can prepare ourselves. So um, I want to thank you guys for listening. This is a lot of this is speculation. A lot of this is just kind of putting pieces together. And I, I hope I'm wrong about all of it. I, I really, really do. I hope I'm wrong about all of it. But if not, we need to get right with God and do what we can do within ourselves, with our, fam- our family, our friends to prepare. So I'm just going to, Lord, I just bless everybody that's listening. Uh, I ask that you give them wisdom and revelation. I ask that you have their front and rear guard. I ask that you begin to lead God and direct them, that you would put people and things in their place that you will provide, that you will continue to provide for them, and you will show them how to be a blessing, how to uh, be prepared for the times that are coming upon us. And I certainly pray that for the Mrs. and I, and, and, and Lord, I ask that even now that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard the hearts and minds of people listening. Right now we pray for Israel. We lift up Israel. We lift up uh, Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we bless Israel. We bless your people. We ask that they would come to know you, Jesus, as the Yeshua HaMashiach, that their Messiah, that you're their kinsman redeemer, that you are the line of the tribe of Judah and that they would come to now, in this moment, acknowledge you as the Messiah, to call upon you as their Yeshua HaMashiach, to know that you have prepared the way, that you have, you have already been the fulfillment of the law. So I just thank you, God, and I just ask that this would all happen in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is some heavy stuff. This is not an easy thing to put together, especially in the spur of the moment. We, <laughs> uh, Carl and I had another thing planned, and we're going to get to it. But uh, I just felt like we need to talk about this. The, there's already lies. There's already things being spun. And we need to, once again, the, the Jews aren't one monolithic group. But we need to pray for Jerusalem. We need to pray for Israel. We need to bless them. That we are that vine, that root, that we are uh, you know, tied into them. And that they would come to repent and, and accept Christ as Savior. And that you would bless, he would, God would protect and bless that city. And, and he will. He certainly, certainly will. Uh, but in that, we need to be vigilant and make ourselves ready. So I need you guys to share this because people need to hear this. I'm not, in the couple days, I've just kind of assembled this stuff. I listen to Alex Jones. I watch a couple other people, but not a lot of people are talking about the stuff that we're talking about on this show. And this is crucial. This is why you have this show. You are, I believe you're fortunate because a lot of people don't. And that's not anything for me. That's just, these are things that the, the clergy, that, that the, the leaders in the church need to be addressing this hour. And by and large, I don't believe that they are. So share this, but people need to know 
People need to know this stuff. We're anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Flawcast CLE, on Apple, Google Play, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor.fm. We're on Rumble under Fly Inc. You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on Gab and Getter. There is a link below. Please pick up a copy of my books, Miss Hardeman Repair Manual. Our email is flawedinkcle at gmail.com. Uh, send us a message if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send us a message on our social media. But um, stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay prayed up. Get ready. Get right with Jesus, people. We are in that time. 